I'm Gabby's Jules Blue Skies over West London. Uh, Jules, what a weekend. So many big teams yeah. dropping points. Um, but it's also the magic of the FA Cup. We got some wild stuff going on with Wrexham, which we're going to get to later. But we're going to talk about some other wild stuff on the South Coast. Brighton, so much going on with your boy Dzerbi. Of course. And Kauro Mitoma, we told you. Oh, we, we told, told you. you. It's special. We what told you. Special player. Liverpool losing 2-1. Klopp um, afterwards, I watched his press conference. Yeah. He's not happy. No, though he said he was a bit better. He says like, yeah, he's a bit better, I but his face, like... Ugh. I struggled to see where it was better, to be fair, because Andy Robertson, for example, said that they actually got worse between since the restart after the World Cup. And Klopp said, well, he's right and he's wrong. Oh, he's not 100% right, but he's not 100% wrong. The way you want, do whatever, one, whatever way you want to take it. I think Robertson is 100% right. I don't know where he's wrong there. I don't think they, I still think they're struggling. They're struggling everywhere defensively with the ball in midfield. I mean, it's, 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 I just, I just don't, I don't understand how that team could have gone from so high. And it's not just Sadio Mane leaving. It's far deeper than that. Obviously, they've had injuries. Obviously, it's complex. But and I think actually in the first half they had their chances to score. Yeah, and then it might and have been score. it might have been a different yeah no but score more than yeah, they did, yeah. and it might have been a, a a different story had those gone through. However, what we saw in the second half, and I need to get you straight away. Um, and I also want to talk about Brighton at the top too because they deserve credit. But I get you straight away though on what happens and whether. I don't want to read too much into it, right? But Klopp puts out a strong lineup, which these yeah. days probably involves Bicetic starting ahead of Fabinho. Yeah. Fabinho comes on. That tackle uh, yeah. on, on Ferguson, I mean, what goes through... This guy is a veteran player. He's been around the block. He knew, obviously, could have been sent off. Is he, he handling Fabinho in the correct way? Or are we just going to... I mean, Fabinho should have gone, yeah? Yeah, it was a red card. I think even even Fabinho himself knew it. He was just waiting for the red card. You could see his, the face and the facial reaction that he had. I think he got carried away a little bit. Maybe Ferguson was too quick and certainly Fabinho too slow. And I think this sums up Fabinho's, Fabinho's season in a way that he struggles in a team that is struggling collectively. He's struggling to to get back to his base. He's struggling to have the, the right impact on the team. And when you lose your place in a team for an 18-year-old who is very talented, of course, there's no doubt, but he's still a very young right. kid. I think that also plays on your mind. There were times before in the season where Fabinho was not playing, even when Bacetis was not playing, where Fabi didn't really understand why and Klopp didn't explain why. So I think there's, there's probably a bit of doubts in his head as well. Yeah, I don't want to pick on VAR. We've been there, done that. And okay, David Coote, real time, maybe whatever. He doesn't see it properly. But why would you not send him to take another look, right? It doesn't mean that you, it doesn't mean, hey, David, you got it wrong, you muppet. But let him have another look. Most normal people would look at that and say, that's a red card. It's just, it's just, we go back to the same point again, Gab. We say like, okay, this is detrimental to VR because people say, well, what's the point in having in the anti-VR going like, look, we've got VR and things like that still happen and are not, are not judged properly. And I'm like, this is bonkers. Only thing I can think of. It was near the end of the game. Maybe everybody's in a hurry to get home, beat the traffic. Maybe they the thought VR was not in the FA Cup. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Which begs the question, what was the guy doing there looking at all the monitors? <laughs> I, we have to give some credit to Brighton because oh, yeah. just, just to put this within context about where they are, obviously, two of their most important players, Lando Trossard, yep. gone. Yep. Moises Caicedo, on Friday, he mm. comes out. You know, we know there's been offers from from Chelsea, mm-hmm. from Arsenal as well, reportedly pushed as high as 70 million, including bonuses. 
And he comes out on Friday and says something to the effect of, I think, you know, I, I thank you, Mr. Bloom. Thank you, blah, blah, to the club. Thank you to the fans. I hope you understand if this is a great opportunity for me, whatever. Probably not the smartest thing to do. Yeah. Um, the Zadby's reaction is afterwards was, yeah, you want to go, go, you know, yeah. or, but, you know, you, you, or you, you, you can stay here and not play until the end of the season, you know. Um, but what was interesting to me was the way Brighton overcome this stuff. I mean, you, in central midfield, they grow some McAllister. There's no holding midfielder. It's not like they replace Caicedo with another yeah, defensive yeah, yeah, yeah. midfielder. This is, this is pretty special what we're seeing. It is, although they didn't play it that well. I mean, even I think Louis Dunk after the game said, like, it was not, we were far from our best and we had to grind out this win, which they did. They had one goal on the deflection shot and, one, got a- and one worldie at the end. I mean, Thomas can try again and we never score again. So, or maybe they had a couple other opportunities yeah, no, which we had, set up had, in the second half. I mean, it's not it just not, the only chances. If you compare it with the win against Liverpool in the league, for example, with, with Caicedo right. in, they were much better in the league than the game on Sunday. However, you're right. It's still, it's still so good for them to, even without their best player, to go and play like that. Caicedo is so important in the way they build the play that even when it, when, without him still you know, put a performance like that and beat Liverpool after being 1-0 down. Is very, very impressive. All right, Jules, let's talk a little bit more, Caicedo. I think first from the Brighton perspective, right? You're in a situation where you're pushing for a Europa League spot, right? Champions League, eight points. I don't, I I think it's it's tough, right? It seems a bit fine. But, and that will bring you income that'll lift your profile and Mm. so on. Um, so I'm not necessarily surprised. You've already sacrificed Trossard. Yeah, but um, that was your on your own on your own making. On your own terms, yeah, you know, yeah, But you yeah, decided, yeah. like, yeah. okay, yeah. you know, we can rather than having this issue in the summer, you know, 18 months ago, whatever. Let's. This is good money for him. Yeah. I'm wondering with Caicedo, if for me, you know, my thoughts on on, on transfer fees <laughs> increasingly. I, I don't want to be those oh, old timers yeah. who say, "Oh, they're too high," blah blah blah. But there has to be a return, and the transfer for the transfer fees go faster than revenues, then. You know, you it doesn't make sense to spend these crazy numbers. People say, oh, it's what the market dictates. It's not what the market dictates, right? It is what somebody, maybe mistakenly, is willing yeah, to pay, right? Yeah. I can see why Caicedo makes sense for Arsenal. Mm-hmm. From Brighton's perspective, if you are looking at 70 million, again, with bonuses, and we don't know what, and you know, re- plenty reporting that Arsenal made another bid yeah. of, of 70 million, mm-hmm. right? Is Caicedo going to bring you more than seventy million worth of value if he stays? Probably not, right? I don't think they would sell him for more than. I mean, I don't think anybody would pay more than that. To be fair, they, they might want a hundred million, ninety million, whatever they want. I don't think anybody would pay that for such a young player who has very limited experience and and who and who wants to, who wants to go as well. So, well, the, what's the benchmark here, right? Because we're talking nearly too many money. Yeah, yeah, yeah. For for Caicedo, who, with all due respect to Caicedo, Chouamini, we agree, is a more complete player. Yeah, yeah. And played in Champions League, played in Europe, played in the Champions League. Exactly. Games, you know, Further Caicedo. along than, yeah. than Caicedo, right? Definitely. Um, should they let him go? I think, I, think they, I think he wants to go. I think they're working on a replacement. I know there's not much time because this is, we're recording the show on Monday morning. Tuesday night, of course, is the, the end of the transfer window. 
The thing I have is that Brighton's business plan and so the, the model of this club, what they tell every agent, every player, whether it's a young player, an older player, is we are a platform for you. We, you know, we're going to develop your talent. We're going to showcase your talent. And then as soon as a bigger club comes with, with a good offer, we're going to let you go. You're never going to stay here for too long. This is just a stopgap for you. And then you go on to bigger things, greater things. And a bigger club. Look at what we did before. We so, 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 and so, right? If you don't let Caicedo go now, and it might be just a story of four months and then in the summer he goes, but still, the, the message is blurred. The message that you've given and that you know, you've given to Caicedo, who was new agent, by the way, and, and also to others that you try to sign is like, come to us, stay a little bit, become better, we're going to make you better, and then you can go to Liverpool, Arsenal, Chelsea, Man City, you know, wherever right. you want to go. If you start preventing those players to do that, to do what you promised them to do, then maybe next time, the next Caicedo goes like, well, I'm not sure because Caicedo, you said you would let him go. But then when Chelsea and Arsenal came, you didn't let him go. And then we don't know what's going to happen in the summer. Maybe which is what Caicedo is feeling is like, okay, what if Chelsea and Arsenal are not there in the summer? What if he gets injured? Oh, well, he gets injured. What? So then he would have missed out on the big move that he wanted with more money. In his statement, he says, you know, I'm one of 10 from a really poor background. As in, like, you know, let me take that money, let me go, and that's going to change my life and my family's life and generations, blah, 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 blah. So I think this is for Brighton maybe the, the issue in a bit. It seems like Tony Bloom was not happy maybe with the approach from Chelsea and Arsenal, and it's like, you know, there's no way we're going to let him go now. But from a De Zerbi point of view, and maybe other people at the club, I don't know, Paul Barber or others, are thinking like, you know what, this money is huge. He clearly wants to go. This is also our business model here, let's be honest. Right even if we're competing for Europe, so we should let him go. And the Zerbi is used to that from his time, of exactly. course. Exactly. It's a swallow. When he came out and he said, well, he can stay and not play, I mean, that which, which seemed to be like what he was saying. Yeah, yeah, it seemed to be. It seemed a little bit over the top. Also, I think it's also borderline illegal yeah, yeah. Um, to come out and do I mean, okay, let's be clear on this. You can... You don't have obviously you don't have to play a player, but you have to give them the same opportunities yeah, in terms of training or whatever. Yeah, there are rules yeah. there. Yeah. My favorite people in the world, lawyers get yeah. get involved. Uh, but for example, it's interesting that Brighton told Caicedo, okay, don't don't come take a few days off until until the end of the transfer window and then right. you can come back. I mean, I've, you know, players have, like Anthony Gordon, for example, decided right. by himself not to turn up for training at Everton because he wanted to force the move. It's quite rare from a club to say to one of their players who is in that kind of situation, hey, stay home, don't come, don't come training, don't come playing. And then once this is all over, you can, you can go back. Yeah, I think, though, I mean, they, they announced this after his post. Yeah, yeah. Right? Yeah, Which so I can totally understand because it would be a very disruptive situation. Yeah. I also wonder too, you know, with all due respect to the FA Cup, and I think we saw from the lineup he he put out. I mean, he put out a strong lineup, but yeah. it wasn't the strongest lineup. Um, you know, you kind of got the sense that, all right, we can live with this. It's Liverpool. Let us focus on on the league. So it was almost like the right time for, yeah, yeah, for yeah, right, yeah. you know, to, to make the stand there. From an Arsenal perspective, to me, this makes... Again, I don't like the fee, but it makes a ton of sense because you're getting yeah. somebody who's young, logical replacement for, for, for Thomas Partey going forward. Partey, by the way, he stayed generally injury-free this season. I think he missed three starts in the league. 
but his injury record isn't great and, and he's he getting got older. Injury against City on Friday night, you know, it seemed to be a rib injury, which they're waiting to see. And obviously there's other issues with him that, that, that you can Google uh, if you like. Uh, so it, it does make sense to, I mean, that is a position that they would have have to strengthen. They're yeah. young everywhere. Maybe that midfield with Shaka and Partey, they're by no means old, but there are people who are in their late 20s at this stage, right? Yeah, and I think it gives you as well more options to play with a midfield, with a double pivot, for example, which they don't, they do a little bit now, depending on the guard's position, but you can do that. You can, it would, it would slot in so well. I think it makes sense for Chelsea too, by the way. You know, whether they go back for Enzo or not, even like Caicedo would improve that team massively and that midfield massively. Well, so, but with Chelsea, you have Kante and Jorginho on expiring contracts, yeah, yeah, yeah. right? So yeah, it makes even more sense yeah. maybe for them, to be fair. Um, so, yeah, it's just one of those. It, maybe you can think it's a bit early. Like you said, it's a lot of money, maybe. Uh, but I do think that he's that good that he would improve those two squads. I, I go back. If you look at Everton's patterns of spending, you look at spending patterns around Europe. I don't think Everton are going to buy players you know, from other Premier League, established players from other Premier League clubs, because that's where it gets expensive, right? So they're going to... Everton, no, Chelsea. Sorry, to Brighton, yeah. I meant, right? Uh, Brighton, Go, yeah. Brighton, going yeah. forward, right? Yeah, yeah. So 70 million buys you a lot of players in the rest of Europe. Yeah, know, especially on the market part. that they recruit from. Um, I think this is where you have to know Caicedo's personality. If Brighton take a hard line and say, no, 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 we're going to talk about this again. Trossard already left. We're going to talk about this again in the summer. You have to know how he's going to respond. Is he going to sulk for six months? Yeah. Or, is gonna, or is he going to be even more motivated to show? And I don't know. I don't know. Moises yeah, Casillas seems like a man. nice, smiley guy. But who knows, right? This is So you're walking a very, very uh, fine line. Yeah. And the other thing, Tony Bloom, of course, is a guy who's a poker player, World Series of yeah, Poker. Yeah. He does the bluff. He does the double he bluff. Does, um, does. You know, as wonderful as, as Edu and those guys are, you put... and. Um, and garlic as well, right? Garlic, yeah. I don't know. I'm imagining Tony Bloom across a poker table with Richard Garlic <laughs> and Edu. My money would be on Tony Bloom. You know, I, I, on, on the lizard, Except on the original this is lizard. Not poker, you know, it's for not a club poker. like Brighton, no. 70 million is huge. <laughs> it is for someone you bought for three. Yeah, oh, yeah. No. the profit no. is incredible. Talk about capital gains there. Exactly. Juve would love that. Juve could use that. Yeah. Um, Are you worried for Liverpool? Really not. But, but we've been worried all season. Every time okay. we've been worried, every time we say I, like, when okay. there's a little bit of improvement, we say, oh, maybe. And then after that, it's bad again. I mean. I don't like that term. Are you worried? I don't like that expression. It's a very English expression. You're worried for, I, I'm, I'm not a Liverpool fan. So no, I'm not worried for them. I mean, my life doesn't change. No, no, no. I know, but but you know if I mean, they finish like, mid-table, do I, would I be worried if I was a Liverpool fan? Yes, I would be worried. I would be worried because of the background instability of having a club that's that's up for sale, of having, you know, all these talented executives who've left. Um, I think this impacts, this impacts not so much the veteran players because they have their big contracts, but I think it impacts some of the younger players. I think it can impact some of your, some of your signings. Um, and what would worry me is we're seeing, I think, club... Klopp's inability to adjust, right? We've seen him change systems. We've seen him tweak his style of play. There obviously are major injuries, and would they yeah. be better if Virgil van Dijk and Luis Diaz had been fit all season? Sure, right? Mm. But, you know, Virgil van Dijk was injured, was it a couple years ago and stuff? Yeah, and, the whole season. Missed, made yeah. Them, yeah, it was out for, you know. I, I think what we're seeing here is 
seriously frayed nerves. Um, yeah. And I go back, and it's not just Fabinho, the, the, the Robertson yeah. foul, that could have been a red too. That probably should have been a yeah. red. Yeah. Um, They've and, lost a lot of confidence, you could tell. And these are your winners. These are your veteran players. These are your 100% cast iron starters, right? And people are like, oh, it's just frustration. It's just frustration. It doesn't mean you can go and you know, injure somebody. So yeah. it, it tells, and, and these aren't dirty players. I don't think Fabinho no, 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 is a no, dirty yeah, player. Yeah. He's a player who's just a frame of mind. And then you start questioning a little bit, perhaps, you know, did Klopp manage him correctly, uh, in, you know, in terms of man management. Um, I think it's, I think Klopp is the one who's under tremendous strain right now. Um, I would hate to think that, you know, he would even think about, all right, you know, I've been here more than my seven years. Maybe it's time to look somewhere else. Um, I think that would be a huge setback for the club. Yeah. I do think, too, that in terms of injuries, um, I'm not sure that the money spent on Darwin was well spent, um, whether he's fit or not fit. You're buying one we've, for the future. Again, it shows it. you the we've, risks, right, with the massive transfer fees. But I also think they've really missed Luis Diaz and Jota. Yeah, no, no. Of like, to a level... I, the, but, but I'm saying is, you know, if we talk about how the press... And again, it's a mitigating factor. It's not an excuse. Cody Gakpo in the front three, for me, I know he had some good performance when he first came. He's not a bad footballer. I don't know that he's a massive upgrade on on, on what they have. You're maybe buying somebody projecting to the future. Mm. But that front three, didn't it didn't work for me. Even when they created chances in the first half, it didn't work for me. Yeah, with I mean, Elliot, Salah, and, and, and Gapko. I mean, I think... I think Gapko needs a bit of time to adapt to everything. It's so different to what he was used to, I think, at PSV. They signed him because there was the setback to Luis Diaz just before, obviously, right. who would be out for longer now. I just don't understand how, and Klopp said after the game against Brighton, like, this is it. Our window is over. Nobody's going to come. We're not going to sign anybody else. So you go back to the midfield, which for me is the, is the heart of the problem, even more than Salah's form and how Salah is playing now with, without Firmino, without Mane, and Klopp saying, well, you know, it's because of the coaching, because it was so well drilled at front three before. Now Salah finds Well, he's himself- correct. Yeah, it's correct. Yeah, of course he's correct. He's 100% correct. Yeah, he's that. correct. Although they played last season without Firmino. You know, for yeah. like, Firmino had been injured as well the last two years and they still did well, but Mane was there and then Jota or Luis Diaz was there. So he's right, he's right. And they have to find a way of bringing Salah back into being more decisive, a bit like he was on Sunday, but even scoring more. But the midfield surely is where the energy should have been spent on threatening. The money should have been spent on threatening. And instead, you bore another forward. And okay, you did it because Jota and, and Diaz were injured. And, inst- and still nothing is happening in midfield. And I don't understand. And Bashitic is, is good, but he's so young. And, and you just think that this is where, if the midfield improves, that team is going to improve. It's pretty obvious. And I'm sure Klopp and, and Pep Linda see it too. And yet nothing is done there to improve it. So what, you're going to stay with Nabi Keita, who's still underwhelming, really. Thiago, who can't do everything by himself. Fabinho is the shadow of the Fabinho of the great years. Bashit is too young. And then you've got Jordan Henderson, who, by the way, it's not, nothing against Jordan Henderson, but you know, I don't, I don't really like the, I don't rate the player, certainly. This season, he's losing 38% of the ball that he recovers. So he recovers the ball, gets the ball back, and after that, 40% of that ball is lost. If you take Thiago Alcantara, for example, he's only 18. So already, 
if Henderson is playing or, you know, there's, there's a few other midfielders at Liverpool with similar stats, you recover the ball, which is what your philosophy is, and then you lose it straight away after. And you can't turn those balls into something, something positive, a chance, an attack, whatever, whatever it is. And that's where the problem is. And for me, for them not to have invested in midfield is just crazy. When we look at, when we look at Liverpool, do, do we think that they're going to, we don't think they're going to make a Champions League spot, do we? I think the percentages are very... I mean, you, you would need to have a serious collapse oh, this, this, from you've got three either United yeah. or Newcastle. And Spurs. Because they're, and, because they're above them as well. So right. it's not just... If, if they were fifth now, even with a six, seven, eight points gap, you could say, okay, maybe you can put on a run and come back. But it's not just the gap they have. It's they have to overtake... Two what, of those three teams. Yeah, three or four teams ahead of them. Yeah. Which I think is too much. Same for Chelsea. They can make the run in Europe. And, and I think on a one-off in Europe, you know, again, we, we saw glimpses from Salah. Yeah, the best performances Darwin have been in the Champions League. Darwin will improve, I assume. Yeah, yeah. Although I wonder, when Darwin comes back, I'm assuming he's going to go with Darwin and Salah wide and Gakpo through the middle. Might it not make sense? Because Gakpo through the middle in this system, to me, it doesn't, like the pressing cues, I would assume it's, it's an easier transition if he's in a wide area. No? Yeah, yeah, maybe. Which, which, which I think is where he feels better too, to be honest. Uh, I think he can play everywhere, but left winger feels like his natural position or certainly where he has the most bearings. Uh, but I think Darwin has been great playing on, you know, coming off the left too. What about playing Salah through the middle then? Given that it's kind of what he does anyway. Yeah. Um, but again, again in this best... game against Dunk and uh, and Webster and Development, wouldn't that have made more sense? Maybe. But I think maybe there's a case for club to to think to get Salah back to his best. Let's put him in the best environment for him, right. which is still what he knows better. He's still from the right wing coming inside onto his left foot, which I guess is where you want him to get confident and then maybe once he's firing again, you can move him back to the centre or moving yeah. again to the centre. I don't know, it's a tricky I, one. I, I also think that all those years that Salah scored so many goals with Firmino centrally, um, you know, a lot of that had to do with Firmino's characteristics of dropping yeah. off, finding space, yeah, yeah, adjusting to the other two. And I'm not saying Gakpo can't do that or Darwin if he plays to the middle, but it is a big transition yeah. to make um Massive. so i i don't know i think these are huge next six months um for liverpool going forward one yeah. way or another and i just hope if i were a liverpool fan i would just hope that Klopp remains 100 percent committed and says all right i want to help create you know Klopp 2.0 liverpool yeah. with with a new owner and maybe with a new technical director new uh yeah it feels like people, they need one as well because yeah. you know we are nearing year zero here Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing. However you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launcher online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to the 
Did we just hit a million dollar stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify is your no excuses business partner. Sell without needing to code or design. Just bring your best ideas and Shopify will help you open up shop. What I love about Shopify is how no matter how big you want to grow, Shopify gives you everything you need to take control and take your business to the next level. Because businesses that grow grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash gabjewels, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash g-a-b-j-u-l-s now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash gabjewels. All right, enough Liverpool. How about some quick hits instead? Let's go, Gab. Second versus third in La Liga is Real Madrid host Woo. La Real Sociedad. Jules, it finishes nil-nil. Fair result? Well, I think Real Madrid could be could, could, could feel a bit unlucky because they played really well, I think, since the restart. And we've, we've explained their struggles before and they certainly have struggled, but they were much better. They were on the front foot through the whole game, really. La Real had a lot of players missing, which is true. They still had a couple of decent chances and Courtois had to make good saves in the second half, especially. But really, Vinicius was all over that defense and, and Alex Ramiro, who I criticized the other day. Yeah, I'm sorry, you. you proved me wrong just on that game because you still made blunders earlier in the season. But, but he was outstanding and, and they hold on really, La Real, and to get a point. And by the way, I think there's never been more draws between two La Liga clubs than between Real Madrid and La Real Sociedad. So maybe it was not a surprise in the end that it was a, a draw. But yeah, I, I think Carlo is right when he said that they played really well and probably deserve to win. They had their moments. Again, I still feel... Uh, I still expect more from Real Madrid. Even without Chouameni. Yeah, yeah. With Dali Sabah. got left-back, though, as well. You know, so there's a few... Camavinga played left-back for the World Cup no, no, finals. I know, but still, you know what I mean? Like, nice. And if we stick with Real Madrid, Gabi, uh, Ubo Carlo says that the transfer window is closed and Real won't be making any moves. No, no one leaving, no one arriving. And I'm sure you're going to say this is not the right move uh, it's not Carlos call it's not the right move in my opinion um, I don't know where you're squirreling all the Mbappe money away I mean, Hendrick you spend a fortune on Hendrick you spent 40 million on Hendrick I, I know but like we, 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 you know like okay fine Hendrick who will materialize in a couple years yeah uh, there's a lot of football to be played between now and the day when Endrick shows up. And it's also not like Endrick is going to show up we when they want to be Pele, we think, True. right? So, no, I, I think this was for strengthening. I think Barcelona are vulnerable. I think you should go for the title. You go for the Champions League. I think there are areas you can strengthen. Mm -hmm. The club feel differently, so be it. Casemiro, of all people, Ooh. bags two goals and Manchester United dispatch Reading 3-1. Jules, some folks thought he didn't fit the Eric Ten Hag rebuild and he was just there for one last paycheck. No, one last paycheck never. However, I think they were, we were right to, to raise the question about his resistance to the press, for example, where he, you know, if he would be enough to kind of revolutionize the game at United with Ten Hag and all of that. And I, th I think those were fair questions at the time. With the ball, more because at Real Madrid, we were used to like, obviously, Cruz and Modric, you know, kind of running. Okay, so here you have Ericsson and Bruno. You know, yeah, but true. But to be fair, he's done amazingly well. He's the best defensive midfielder in the league uh, this season. And the, the second goal is, is lucky, really. But the first goal is amazing. The movement and then the finish is just great. I think for someone who's 30, uh, 
to to come to a new very very different league to anything that he's known before and play like this is pretty incredible. See, it's that. it's funny because with hindsight, right? We, we we talked earlier about Caicedo, right? So if you could have Casemiro who's thirty or Caicedo on this rebuilding team, who would mm. you go for? And some might say Caicedo because he's younger and you know makes us money, whatever. But equally, I think Casemiro. And I know we often overplay this whole winning mentality experience, blah, 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 thing. But I, I think on this team, with the young players that they have, I think it really, really yeah, makes a difference. Yeah, yeah, you're right. And it's just the winning mentality, the, 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 the personality that he has as well, even with the language barrier at the beginning. They're just amazing. But, but that we knew. We knew that he would be very good for the dressing room. We knew how good he was in terms we of We know how motivated he was going to be yeah. when he comes here and he looks at like, uh, Anthony, uh, McTominay. No, nah, he knows what a shoot. He could have been on the Varane be. plan. Oh, what, uh, what Varane plan now? He's okay, been good I, this I, season. I, very good this <laughs> season. It's a horror show in Milan, though, Gab. The third straight defeat, win less than six in all competition, and they lose 5-2. Humiliation at home to Sassuolo. What's going wrong for Pioli? Um, simply put, they're absolutely terrible um, defensively. Um, yeah. Doesn't make matter if Tomori, who obviously got injured, um, Kalulu, horrendous. Yeah. I don't think it's simply down to the individual defenders, although there's a lot of individual mistakes and bad goalkeeper. Tataru-san is nowhere near as good as Magic Mike. I think it's a collective sure. thing. The way they press is nowhere near as effective as it was last season. And, you know, we talk about collective defending. That's the way Pioli chose to, to play. Bialdi said, oh, it's not working anymore. We're going to have to revise the way we play. Okay, careful with it. Yeah. Like, Don't revise it too much in the other direction because otherwise you're going to have problems. Um, I think that's the main focus. It's not It's not the Ketelar who you know maybe struggled a little bit, but uh, I think he was right. actually he better in this game. He, he played better, I thought, in this game. Olivier Giroud cannot play every single game. Again, not his fault, but... No, no, no. Um, no. It's, a, it's a great goal. And I also think they really miss Frank Kessie. But yeah. also, Benassia wasn't there either. I mean, I don't know what Krunish Krunish is not terrible, good enough. Yeah. He's not good enough for this but, club. But let's show a lot of love to Sassuolo. Oh and my God! Yeah, we told you before about Will Still, the 30-year-old no. red-headed undefeated coach of Stad Rams, who on Sunday became king of Paris. Jules, tell us more about how Little Rams stopped the mighty Paris Saint-Germain with a guest appearance from the legendary Balagoon as well. Yeah, who was amazing, I have to say, the young uh, Arsenal striker who's on loan at Reims. He scored at the end, which he deserved to score because he'd been so good before that without scoring. Reims was just better, Gab. It's as simple as that. They played better collectively. They were stronger. They pressed well. They created many chances, especially in the first half. The second half, PSG came, came back from the break. And then they went down to 10 men with my boy and then Verratti. Verratti and got sent off after 14 minutes on the pitch for a really reckless tackle on Ito. Well done to Reims. They've unbeaten since we still took over. They're unbeaten in 14 games. It's, it's just remarkable the way they play with very little resources. Uh, well done to them. PSG are despairing me. They're frustrating me. I find them really annoying. Christophe Galtier is not getting on my nerves. Bad. <laughs> really, really bad. Because it's just not playing as a team. It's ridiculous. And I'm, yeah, you talk about, we talk about Liverpool and being worried. I'm really worried about PSG right now. It's... What, throwing away another French title? It's just, yeah, I mean, they, to be fair, they've, they, so far since the restart, since the turn of the year, they average a point per game, four league games. And they have one win, one draw, two defeat. It's just ridiculous. But just the way they play is terrible. There's just nothing in the game. Yeah. Neymar was the best of the the M&M. The other two, I mean, I don't like... Oh, you know the vice-captain didn't deliver? 
everything but well so by the way uh if you're wondering why he's so good he's ha- only half english the other yeah. half is belgian yeah he's becoming a habit guy Bayern are held uh, to the third straight get for the third straight game sorry this time by Antoine Frankfurt at home 1-1 again so three draws in a row 1-1 he's four points dropped for the German champions and I guess the silver lining for PSG being so bad is that Bayern don't look much better <laughs> Bayern look even worse yeah. I think I, arguably uh, this was interesting because Nagelsmann went through I think correctly imagined Eintracht uh, were going to sit. So he says, like, yeah, let me put out all my big guns. Kimmich was basically by himself in, in yeah. midfield. The problem is, when that happens, you either get your goal early and then, and then you know, yeah. the other, or Control. the other team hang on. Your boy, uh, Colomani again, yeah. Randall Colomani with the equalizer. Um, it just feels, it feels messy. It feels like Nagelsmann's doing his own thing. It feels like the club is going in a different direction. Also, some big hitters who should know better. Alfonso Davies, really, really out of form yeah, as, well. as well. Offered very little. Delict. Upamecano got beat. But then again, the whole breakdown was before that. Yeah. Kimmich himself, not to his level. Um, like Oliver Kahn says, well, it's good. If we're going to have a wobble, it's good to have it now rather than later. I'm like, yeah, but... I know that. that <laughs> the Paris Saint-Germain game is on Valentine's Day. Two weeks. <laughs> that, that isn't later. That's almost now. Yeah. Pedri comes on and scores the only goal for Barcelona against, against Girona as they win 1-0 to extend their lead at the top of La Liga. But Jules, they lose Ousmane Dembélé and really yeah. suffer at the end. Yeah, yeah. Dembélé's injury is the bad, you know, really the, the bad news of the day of the weekend. It's like a, a hamstring, like, not a hamstring, but like a quad injury, I think probably two to three weeks out. Uh, and then Pedri comes on because he was also struggling with injury to replace him and then scored the goal after Gazaniga's mistake uh, for, for, for Girona in goal. It's just, I think, this Barca team, as we said, a bit inconsistent in the way they play. Sometimes great performances, yeah. sometimes very average. Another one they win, by the way. This, they, they graft us. They graft those wins, wow. which is not a bad thing. And the five points clear now at the top. But I don't know how last it can, how long it can. There's last. no Lewandowski in this game. Yeah, for the uh, last game, that was the last game. Ansu Fati um, at center forward. I love Ansu Fati. Yeah, this is not his role. No. You should be able to deal without having Dembele uh, because you can't. I know they were more balanced yeah. in that four four two kind of set up with Dembele and Lewandowski up front. But the reality is, you have so many wingers. You spent money on uh, Rafinha. You got Ansu Fati. Yeah, uh, you got Ferran Torres. I mean, you need to figure it out. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match with Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com gab. Just go to Indeed.com gab right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com gab. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need indeed. More work for Juventus, guy. Beaten 2 0 at home by Monza, who are now above them in the table as well. Is my salary right in saying that they need to worry more about relegation than anything else now? I, I don't know if you're being funny, if yeah, it's some weird Tuscan humor. Um, I think the team that's third bottom are Verona, who 
have like 12 fewer points than they do. Just, just shut up about that. Yeah. Let the lawyers handle it. Hopefully they can turn it around for your club. If they can't live with it, just focus on playing well. Focus on doing what you didn't do, which is which is play well. You didn't play well three at the back. You didn't play well well, well with a four two three one. Stop saying these weird things, silly things. Don't make it seem as if the players aren't working hard enough. Um, by the way, Jules, uh, there's this boycott, and the club are distancing themselves from it. When I think with good reason, as you have fans uh, on social media and stuff. Yeah, they're unsubscribing from paid television. And I'm like, what message are you sending? Because you're unhappy that the Italian FA, which, by the way, they're not the ones who sell the TV nope. rights. It's the league who does it. Yep. Uh, that they gave you this 15 points penalty. Um, first of all, the contracts have already been signed. So uh, the contract runs through 2024. So that's not going to change anything. Yeah. It's just going to hurt the broadcasters. Um, but secondly, what are you saying? What are you saying? that Like, oh, we don't like, the, we don't like our justice. So because there's a lot of us, we're going to put financial pressure on you. How about simply arguing your case if you feel hard done by? You've got the appeals coming. And I mean, a little bit of dignity. Credit to Juve that they're certainly not encouraging no, yeah, this. Yeah, yeah. Also, because it would cost them money too. Yeah. Tottenham Hawksbury beat Preston North End 3 1, and Hongmin Son scores two fine Lovely goals. Gold. Jules, he's had a rough season, but is the sun finally nice. rising? See what I did there? Nice, nice. I don't know. I mean, we thought it was rising after his hat-trick against Leicester, for example, back in... So it was like September. Yes, yeah, He's like scored one league goal since then. That's what I mean. After the hat-trick, you thought, okay, yeah. now he's finally kick-started his season. And then he went back to being really, really average. What was interesting in that game, though, is that he started up front, no Harry Kane, uh, and he had, you know, the, the two attacking midfielders behind him. Well, yes and no, because I thought Perisic played through the middle a lot. Yeah, but like, like I think Son, Son was the right. Son was center forward, and that's how he got into this position as well. Which you, usually you would think that Harry Kane is more than he is. Uh, I'm not saying that he plays better without Kane, but so in, in this game he had maybe more freedom. He took his goals really, really well. We saw Danjuma coming on and scoring as well, the new signing. So we'll have to see. The thing is, Harry Kane is going to come back. Son is going to go back a bit more, you know, wide than what he played at the weekend. And let's see. But let's hope that that at least brings him a bit of confidence and momentum for sure. Napoli beat Roma 2-1 with goals from Victor Oziman and Joe Simeone. Late as well. Gab, what does this mean? Well, it means that the best is yet... To come, what check out the Osimhen goal. Uh, it's fantastic goal. goal. Uh, reminiscent of uh, Kaoru Mitoma. We yeah. were debating earlier which one was better. Which one do you prefer? Yeah. Um, but still, no. Like uh, Napoli on fire. I mean, Mourinho did what he could with Roma. He made a tough game. He got back into it. You know, lost Tom Tammy Abraham. In the end, they cannot compete with Napoli. I think are like this. Yeah, they yeah. have the crowd behind them. Um, they're rolling. They're, they're rolling on their way to the title. 13 points clear now. Inter. Guess who's second in the Bundesliga? And like a bad rash yes. or some types of venereal disease won't go away. That's right. Union Berlin, who won the Berlin Derby, Jules. Well done. Producer Freddy is very happy, of course. Um, I mean, Elta are a terrible team. They're terrible, been, second they're bottom. They're going to go down, probably. They certainly are in the bottom two right now. But for Union, who at some point we thought, okay, they're running out of steam now before the, before the, Internet, the World Cup break. Nah, back where they were at the start of the season, really, which is amazing. They score on set pieces, they defend really well, they don't create much, but they're very efficient. And now they're second, and for the first time ever, surely, the top five in the Bundesliga are all within three points of each other. From Dortmund, Freiburg, Union, Leipzig, and then Bayern, 
Orleans three points. He's crazy. Realistically, we only think there's only three of those five teams you know, in the title, right? Still, like, top five in three points. You know, no other yeah. leagues. Yeah. That. And, and still a rough, you know. rough watch. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Huge win for Borussia Dortmund if we stay in the Bundesliga. Gab, who stopped by Leverkusen's winning streak with a 2-0 victory. Gab, what did Erdin Terzic do right? He was humble. He's playing a game where... Uh, against an opponent who won, what, five or six five in a row, yeah. where Chabi Alonso has things working and clicking. Really They're very, well. very attacking. Yeah. You're on the road. So standard operating procedure for Borussia Dortmund would have been like, yeah, we must showcase our talents. Okay, Gio, you go there. Yusufa, you go there. Blah, blah, blah. Here's Rafael Guerrero. Uh, you know, no. He said, yeah, you know what? I want at least a point from this game. Maybe a win. Yeah. What are we going to do? Sebastian Haller. You're fit again. You're emotional. You work hard. You're a big lump. Let's put you up front. All right. Adeyemi, I've discovered all you really do is run, and you're really not that good at playing football. But guess what? Ah, that's so mean. No, no, no. But guess what? You're going to go on the wing, and you're going to help out on Moussa Diaby. His first, his first Bundesliga goal, by the way. I mean, it took a long time because we were almost in February. Yeah, still. we're not counting the, the goals that he scored in the Austrian Bundesliga. Um, Julian, Julian Brandt. Yeah, remember we thought you were good? Now we know better. You go work. You're the other winger, right? And then in front of the back four, uh, all right, here's Emre Schan yeah. and Sally Oskan. Yeah. He, Plus Bellingham I mean, as well, who does a lot of work defensively. Yeah, I mean, Bellingham had to get forward a little more. Yeah, Obviously, yeah, you're not going to touch it. Bellingham. But... Yeah, it was more defensive, but it was more balanced, and it worked, and it was right for this game. Still, like, the keeper, Kobel, was still the best player on the pitch. Kobel had to make some huge saves, but Leverkusen are good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think, like, I don't want Dortmund to play this way all the time, but to have this understanding, because you know what the alternative would have been? The alternative would have been they go, they would have lost this game like 5-3 or something. Yeah, yeah, that's true. And it and would like have been... Gladbach, like, yeah, similar game to Exactly, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. No, no, that's nothing wrong with that. Yeah, nothing yeah, but a bit of humility from Turtzik. I like that too. I, I like him. Yeah. Fabrizio Romano reports that Chelsea are back in for Enzo wow. Fernandez and are willing to spend 120 million, million euros to get him. Jules, clever idea. I mean, we saw him kiss the badge. Yeah. The bin, that suggests he's going to stay, I mean, right? I'm here, I'm staying. We didn't see that Listen. clip? It's always a clever idea to try to sign Enzo Fernandez. For uh, $120 million? I don't for care. Two if, Moises you want, if you have that money and you're happy to pay for it, pay for it. It's not my money. I don't care. He's just an amazing player. But what I would say again is you went for him. You took the make, let's be honest here. You clearly infuriated Benfica the way you approached that transfer, let's say. <laughs> then you said, okay, Okay, we, we're not going to sign him. You go quiet. And then you come back two days before the end of the transfer window. I mean, like, come on. Like, it's the, it's the Sir Jim Ratcliffe approach to buying something. <laughs> yeah. Um, look, I, I think whatever agent is advising Chelsea on this deal, yeah. I kind of make sure, like, which side are you working God, for? Because this no, is so the wrong way. Look, I'm not saying it's, I, there is a way to do it. Now you've put Benfica in a position where they're going to lose face. Yeah. Right? There was a way to do this. Rui Costa, in addition to being one of the most talented footballers of in course. history, is a reasonable person. They understand the reality of this. Yeah. There was a way to do this. Um, and you know, maybe you still would have had to spend $120 million. But now you've basically humiliated them. Yeah. And things being the way they are, they may well say no. And then, then what? Yeah. This was back on Friday. Uh, but City beat Arsenal in the FA Cup as Mikel Arteta made a bunch of changes and Pep Guardiola not so much. Do you agree with, with the Arsenal boss to almost play the B team? I think he made seven changes yeah, from his uh, starting 11. Um, 
100%. I think that played this perfectly. We were talking about it, if you recall, yes. uh, off air after the show. Um, this, to me, makes a ton of sense. Okay. Because if you play your best 11, you're playing City, right? Yeah. City can beat you. City can wipe the floor with you at any time, right? You don't have that level of, of unpredictability with, with City. It, it just can happen, right? Yeah. If you lose like 4-0 with your best guys out there, yeah, yeah, no, then... Then you're crushed, right? Here, you play the scrubs, you give them some playing time. They're not going to have much playing time because, you know, they won't be playing the League Cup because you're out of that. I don't want to say, hey, hey, you lose, you're out of the FA Cup, so that's one less thing to worry yeah, about. No, but, but it's, that's it's, the yeah. reality of it, right? And they were um, positives. And they were pressed. positives. They're I don't think they well. played badly. It was no. a close game. Yeah. They hung in there. So I think Arteta played this, played this yeah, really, really well. I agree with you. It's a gritty win for Atletico Madrid away to Osasuna. Saul. Yeah, comes well, off the bench well. to score the winner. Jules, this was big. It was big because I think only once earlier this season they've won back-to-back La Liga games. Uh, but after that, it was always like maybe one win and then a draw a defeat. Yeah. They were so inconsistent. Nice back-to-back wins, which is very good for them for the you know in that race for the top four finish, which they're not guaranteed of, of course, yet yeah, at all. Far from it. So uh, it's it's a win that you would expect them to to, to get, of course, against that kind of opponent. Uh, but they had to work hard for it. Wow, man. And, and leave it really late because I think it's going in the 75th minute. Yeah. Great goal by Saul. And now you move on. It's just by the way, steps. This is Saul who many thought was going to leave in January. He may yet leave in January. Yeah. So the poster boy for why you shouldn't sign super long contracts. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Inter win away to Cremonese. 2-1 as Lautaro Martinez scores twice. Gab, hard to believe this is the same guy that we saw struggling at the World Cup. He's got 7-7 seven in seven now. And him and Jaco again playing really well while well, Lukaku. You say we saw him struggling at the World Cup. I saw him converting a penalty to become I, world I champion. Wasn't there. I wasn't yeah, no. <laughs> no, kidding. No, but you're right. He started the first two World Cup games, and then you know, I think he came off the bench in, 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 in the rest of them. Um, I think more, even more than... I mean, Jekyll obviously left out against him, but he came back, did well. Yeah. Um, this was a professional win from Inter. It was, it was really never in doubt, even after they went a goal down. To oh, great goal from Okereke, yeah. by the way. Massive. Great goal. Amazing. Um, this is what they need. They need a little bit of normality, a little bit of, of, of grinded out. It's okay to beat teams like this. And yeah. that is one of the bonuses you get with Simone Inzaghi is that he's generally very calm. He doesn't flip out. You know, that's why he lasted so long in the asylum that, you know, otherwise known as Lazio. So yeah. uh, he's not a genius necessarily, but in situations like this, you want to have, you want to have Inzaghi. It was important that they bounce back from the defeat and they did. Marseille and Monaco share the spoils, which means OM do not close the no. gap on Paris Saint-Germain. Yeah. Jules, did you expect a little more from, from my man Tudor? Well, yeah, I mean, yes and no. It was a great game to start with Saturday night. Um, Monaco started so well. The first half, they could easily have been two or three nil down. Uh, three nil up, sorry. And then, thought, but why were Marseille so bad? I just think they were surprised by it's the intensity. a different intensity. team after the break. Yeah, I think they were surprised by the intensity uh, from, from Monaco. Um, the way they, they played in transition, that was really, really good. And you're right, Marseille were a bit off it. Once Tudor changed at halftime, Nuno Tavares went on to the right-hand side where it was amazing, to be fair. Like, really, really good second half. Um, that, that helped them massively. Cheng Izunder was playing as a right wing back in the first half, which I think was not the best of idea, although he's played well there before in the, in the previous games. But then second half, Marseille were much better. In the end, I think the draw is probably a fairish result, but either could have, could have won it too. Marseille had a big chance, but Balerdi right at the end, maybe a penalty as well. 
Monaco had chances too. It was, it was really, really good. And Marseille yeah. missed a chance of not just coming back on PSG, but also on Lance, who drawn earlier in that day against Troyes. Yeah, it's, it's amazing, right? Paris Saint Germain, they should do all the money and everything. Because they're also so lucky because yeah. when you drop points, the chasing pack drop uh, points too. Exactly. And meanwhile, Gab, as the Unai has uh, completed his transfer to Marseille or is about to complete his transfer to Marseille, if they're getting the Walker version of Unai, as we saw, was amazing with Morocco. That's a great signing. I think it's eight plus two and plus uh, percentage on the, on the, on the resale uh, to Angers. But yeah, great signing. And they just need Sofia and Amrabat. And then all of a sudden, you've got Castor and Pollux back yes. together. Um, I, if it's the World Cup version, this guy yes. combines quantity and quality um, like never person. before. Probably, I'm assuming in Marseille, we might actually, I mean, he sounds like a Tudor player because of his work rate. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I, I think so. we might actually see more of an attacking version of Unai, correct me if I'm wrong. I think Depends where he plays him, yeah. I, but but at, at Angers, like, that's generally, he was yeah. more attacking than we saw uh, at, at, yeah, at yeah. the World Cup because Morocco had less of the ball in, in many situations. But um, I'm really excited to see nah, how he develops. Well done. Malagusta to Chelsea is done, Jules. Yes. It's 35 million euro deal, but he's staying in Leon until the end of the season. Does this make sense to you? I understand why it makes sense from Leon's perspective. Yeah. But Reese James is injured. Like he's not coming back for a while. Like, well, I think he's going to come back soon. No, is he? It's just there was no way Lyon would have done the deal if they had not got Malo back on loan. So I think from a Chelsea point of view, the risk was that if you had waited for the summer, there would be other big teams in Europe also going for him with only twelve months left on his contract. Maybe a bit more. Maybe all of that. They thought, you know what, thirty-five million is a really good price for him. I know you think it's a little bit over, over. It's a bit too much. I think it's a, it's a good price. The Chelsea really think there's going to be a bidding war for Malo Gusto. Yeah, there is. Yeah, there's a lot of interest in him. Okay. No, there is. All like right. club like Bayern Munich who are looking for a right back, like Barcelona are looking for a right back. There's big clubs looking for right backs. Barcelona, where were Barcelona no, going to find thirty-five like million? Do you know what I mean, like, still, it's like. Okay. No. I think I think okay. Chelsea were right to go now, even if that man yeah. loan him back for for, for four months. Uh, and and then next season when Rich James is there and fully fit, when Malogusto arrives, he's fully fit. You've got two, well, one of the best right backs in the world and one of the future best right backs in the world as well. So you're covered for sure. And you can play Rich James as a centre back in the back yeah. three and Malogusto as a right wing back, for example. You've got many I, options then. I was going to, as you know, I am probably the biggest Rich James yeah, fan no, no, I know uh, out there. And, and I think just because he has played a lot of right wing back doesn't mean that this is where his future is. Yeah, I think he can play so many different positions. Um, and I think it makes it makes a ton of... You know, I I think if, if Malo Gustos is good enough to play regularly for Chelsea, I don't think it inhibits Reese James at all. You can play him... You can, you can play yeah, him no, for back. sure. I know they have a million centre-backs now, but... At hey. the beginning, when I was told about the story, I kind of... And I think I put it on Twitter. For Malo Gustos' career... Let's say, and I understand that Reece James plays 50% of the games. I think he's played 50% of the game the last three seasons or something. He's, he's been injured often, unfortunately for him. I did think, is this, is this a good move for Malo Gusto for his own career? Because if Reece James is fully fit, how many games is he going to play? He's, right now, he's not better than Reece James. Reece James is a better defender. He's a better player overall right. than Malo Gusto. So you make a move where, where you know that if, the, if, if that guy is fit, you're going to be on the bench and you're going to play a few games there and there but now I see it a bit but, differently because 
Because of James's versatility. Yeah, because I think they can play together. And, and also there's enough game that there would be game time for Guzman. And I think, you know, Chelsea's centre-back core, I know, look, looks good on paper when everybody's fit. But real, the reality is Thiago Silva is, what is he, 37, 38? 39, like, you know. Yeah. <laughs> um, Koulibaly's had a difficult season. He's also in his, uh, he's also in his 30s. Fofana is always injured. Yeah, but he's going to come back at some point. You've yeah, got sure. Batyashi, you've got before, Levi right? Colwell, you've what? got... Levi Colwell, yeah, sure. But Levi Colwell is very young and he's yeah, a Brighton. Yeah. Maybe you leave him a Brighton another year. Uh, you've, you've got Shalaba, you've got Bally Shit. But like none of the, I mean, like I'm saying is you don't have prime John. You don't, you don't have three prime John Terry's in there no, is no. what I'm driving at. Yeah, yeah. And so there will be, Reece, I have to believe Reese James at center back will be a better option than many of those guys. If Marlo Gusto is good enough yeah, yeah. to pin down the, yeah, to, to win the starting job on the right. Possible. Yeah, I'm excited by that. And he's going to go back to Lyon and see if he can take them into Europe. And then in the meantime, let's hope that Chelsea have regions available for the whole season. Nicolas Agnolo said no to Bournemouth. And Jose Mourinho says, well, unfortunately, he's going to stay now, which I think is incredible from a manager. Gab, could you still, could you see this still? Change between now and, and Tuesday night. And I mean, Mourinho is saying like, you know, Zaniolo had been wanting to leave for such a long time. I'm going to tell you what I think, <laughs> what I'm pretty sure has happened. I don't have confirmation. I'm pretty sure that, you know, there are other clubs chasing him like Spurs, like Milan. And I think somebody very likely went to Zaniolo and said, look, Rome are going to want too much money for you. Um, but... You know, you go and you make that break with a club. You demand, you know, you pull a Caicedo in yeah. some ways, uh, but a stronger way. Which you can argue about the ethics of that or whatever, right? So Zaniolo's gone and done that. Um, but these other clubs, whether it might be Milan, might be Spurs, they would rather not commit $30 million, the $35 million. Yeah. Uh, now you mean now yeah. unless they need to or even like the you know because like the loan with the option to buy I mean I think Milan would take him on loan Spurs would have taken him yeah, on yeah, loan definitely. but without an obligation to buy in the summer because you've got the injury issues frankly now that Spurs have signed Danjuma I mean I know Heel sure. is probably in his way but yeah, you but know still. if you want I, I would have said Spurs would have been would have made sense but then who knows? Conte hasn't signed his new contract, but Atici's got his legal issues. Yeah. So I don't know if that necessarily makes sense. Milan have got other fish to fry. Um, so he could end up staying. And if he stays, Mourinho, whatever you think of him, is pragmatic. If he stays, if he's, if he's a normal play on February 1st, you know, open arms. Nicola, my yeah, boy, my come boy. back. Son, come here. You know, exactly. exactly which, which is the right thing to do. Yeah. You know. Everton have a new manager, and it's Sean Dyche. Hey, Jules, would he have been your choice? We told. I mean, I said on Monday, I thought it was a it was a good choice just to like you know steady the ship, save the club with this group of players and two days left in the transfer window. We will see. I mean, they start with Arsenal, which is not the start that you would want if you're the new manager there. Although maybe such a big game, you know, with the crowd, he needs to get the crowd behind that team, which the last few weeks of the Lampard era was not the case. Uh, if he does that, if he gets them drilled, I mean, they've been all over the place defensively all season long. There'll be no shape whatsoever. At least he's going to bring the shape back. Is that enough? I don't know. You still need to score goals at some point to stay up. Uh, if, you, if they have like 17 nil-nil draws between yeah. 90 and the season, I'm not sure that would be enough. So we'll see. Would you going to sign Chris Wood? Probably should, right? <laughs> I, mean, I mean, no, I'm, I'm, I'm not being funny here, right? But Anthony Gordon's gone, right? They have that money to spend if they want some of it. Because, yeah, because in 48 hours, 
and a new manager in, like you're really going to go and get a good deal. Really no, but good yeah, you would, I would hope that there's, they have a recruitment department there who've been working already before, regardless of who the manager is or who potential signing. But you can't work ready this now. whole regardless who the manager is. If you if you're planning for Marcelo Bielsa on the one end and Sean Dyche, you're going to want different sorts of players. I know, but you've been scouting a lot of players and you've you've classified their profile and everything. If Sean Dyche yeah. comes and says, "Okay, I need a number six that has those and those qualities," yeah, you go through all even, the games that you've scouted and you go like, "Okay." We like that guy and we like that guy. Right, and then you got to get it on the phone no, and then you know, have to get him at the right price on. in the last like, $40. Yeah, people working at that club, right? I mean, I don't know. I don't know anybody at Everton, but you would think I, that... I do. I, I'm saying it's difficult to do if Sean Deitch wants different players than the players that the previous manager wanted. So uh, and the other thing with Deitch is, for me, again, not going to happen because clubs have this weird idea where they get desperate and they don't seem to understand that there are many more managers in their clubs. I would have gone to Deitch and said, Sean, What's the contract length? Because I know what you're going to say. Exactly. I would have said, Sean, six months. If you keep us up, we give you big money bonus and we discuss a new deal. But we're not locking ourselves into two and a half years. Is it what it is now? I don't, I don't know, to be fair. If it's two and a half years, I don't know. It's, it, you know why they do that? They do that because they get desperate. They get fixated on the manager. Managers, oh, all right, stability, whatever. Like, he really lives up north. I mean, I know he's not from there, but... <laughs> Actually, no, wait. Didn't he live in a hotel when he was managing what Burnley and his family? Why does he matter? Well, because, because he's already familiar with the Northwest. Of England. That's, <laughs> I'm, I'm assuming everything's probably easier to get to than Burnley from, from, oh my God. from where think, he lives. Isn't his family living in Birmingham or something? Isn't I thought they were living like somewhere just, just north of London. But it doesn't matter. I, like, let's see what kind of job he does. It can't be as it's worse than Lampard anyway. They had no, one winning look, 12. So like, look, he may well be batting down the hatches and keep them on. The other thing about... If you look at the bottom of the table, it's not like Everton have six yeah, points. Yeah, it's still very tight. It's really, really tight. Uh, yeah. And it only takes a couple wins. Yeah, it's not. Uh, but he's got to have impossible. a lot of things go his way. Yeah, no, and no. I think Dominic Calvert-Lewin has to be fit and productive. Yeah. Um, and that's, that's a big ask. UFR moving to prohibit contracts uh, longer than five years, like the one Mikhailo Mudrik signed, at least for financial fair play purposes. Gab, is this just because they want to stop Chelsea? And by the way, how is that going to work with Brussels and the EU and all of that and low labor? So basically, so first of all, it's not just to stop Chelsea, but they do, you know, they, they, their sense is that this destabilizes the whole system because yep. then you're going to have a lot of players you know on the Lucas Piazon Baba Rahman yep. by the way I saw Baba Rahman on television yeah, I forget who he was yeah, playing yeah. for um, probably Reading or something no no like no that. somewhere in Spain I think no I thought he played in Spain wow. somewhere <laughs> whatever Reading no, it was Reading it was Reading in oh, okay. Spain you want to avoid those situations right because you create a stockpile of players yeah um, you can create situations where then you've got all sorts of of, of legal issues it's also, again, it's not like it's 100% good for the club if you do that, right? There's massive risks involved in it. So what they're doing here, though, is that their basis is that there are some leagues in Europe which say five years is the maximum that you can sign. You can't sign eight years. But the rule already from UFR or FIFA is five, five year maximum unless the law in your country exactly different, which exactly. is... Well, what they're saying is we should have one law at least for financial fair play purposes. Yeah. In terms of employment, hey, sign into a 30-year deal if you like. But for financial fair play purposes, we need to have a level playing field. I'll tell you what, I think they should go further with that. There's one thing that nobody ever talks about 
is taxation levels, right? Yeah. In some countries, you're paying 15% mm. in, in, on, on your weight in income tax. In other countries, you're paying 45%. 15, yeah. In France, you're probably paying 90%. But if it, ma- it makes a huge difference, right? Of in terms of, so I think they should look at mechanisms like this a little bit but more. But do you think it's possible? That's why I mean, when I talk about Brussels and the European Union and stuff, because, like, I don't know if you can... The principle is if you want to compete, and this is one of the hallmarks for sustainability and competition, Yeah. because obviously when you, when you have the longer contract, you spread out the amortization, like, you're just kicking costs down the road. Yeah, right? you're yeah, just yeah. Costs up. And it's not so much that Chelsea or whatever club do it may get an advantage from it. It's that you are creating more liabilities in five reasons, five years' time, which in turn creates more risks in mm. five years' time because you don't know what's going to happen. What if you get relegated and who's going to play Mikhailo Mudrik then, right? Yeah, true. So um, I think as long as the, 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 the law is the same for everybody, um, that's what they're saying. From a sustainability perspective, I don't think they're going to have any trouble pushing okay. this uh, pushing this through, rightly or wrongly. Yeah. Anthony Gordon is now a Newcastle player. The fee is forty million, rising to forty five million with bonuses. Joseph, we touched upon this before. Why did Everton leave it so late? It kind of seems like they don't have much time, even if they want to reinvest that money. I mean, I just don't think it was their call. It's just Newcastle came in late with the offer, uh, with the negotiations. I Do think- you really believe they only came in late? They, they came- I think so. Yeah. I mean, late, what would you, depending on what you call it, with a week left on the transfer window. You know, Newcastle could have come on January the 1st and said, listen, we want Golden, we want to strengthen uh, yeah. that kind of that position. I, they didn't. Well, why would Newcastle wait till the third week in January? What, maybe what they had other targets first, maybe... Other targets that are mysterious and we haven't heard about. No, no, it's not that. But it's like, there must be a reason, otherwise they would have done it January the 1st, no? Unless... Unless what? The club is a dumpster fire. They've changed all the recruitment heads. They were about to, to sack Lampard and whatever else. And they said, no. no, they were keeping a hard line with Gordon. They were scared of the fans. I don't know. But it certainly doesn't help. Because no, now they're sitting on this pot of yeah. money. People know that. And on top of that, they're desperate in the last 48 hours. True, but the guy was not playing for you. He didn't want to be there. Which I think is a bit sad because considering this is his club, he could have done what Malogusto did, for example, or agreed to do it in the sense that, okay... I, but, but you can understand why he wants to go to, you know, away from Everton in a way and go to Newcastle and qualify for the Champions League and win the League Cup or whatever they can win. But it could also have helped Everton to stay up this season and then go in the summer to Newcastle on a high in a way, thanking the club for all the years since he was a kid at the academy, all the fans, instead of living that way, I think, you know? With hindsight, would Anthony Gordon have played much under Sean Dyche? Because he does not seem to be a Dyche player maybe, at all. Maybe not as well. Maybe not as well. Milan Skriniar, maybe on his way to Paris Saint-Germain, whether it's now or in the summer. But Gab, he's not leaving Inter on a good note. No, he's not. So he gets sent off, on, obviously, against like Ampoli on Monday for a ridiculous foul. And then there's these quotes from him, which he says, oh, no, they're not, they're, they're not real. Uh, which he supposedly gave to, uh, you know, back home in, in, in his country, uh, where he said something to the effect of, well, I signed a deal with to Paris Saint-Germain. Now it's up to the clubs to determine whether, because he's on expiring contract, yeah, whether, I come, so. whether I go in the summer or, or whether I go now. And this absolutely infuriated Inter even more. Mm. Um, it's also illegal, I might add. But uh, so Screenyard came out and denied the quotes as, no, no, these are made up. These are attributed. But... He certainly burned bridges, and I think it's a shame because, know. you know, he was given the captain's armband at one point. 
he's been he's been a very good player for a long time. I don't think the last couple of years were as good as the years before that. Yeah, um, that's fair. And you know, in terms of in terms of Paris Saint Germain, again, I'm assuming he's going to replace Sergio Ramos would, in the rotation. Yeah. I mean, right? Sergio Ramos could hardly run against France, so I wouldn't be sad if if Sergio goes. Yeah, I prefer. I mean, he would pick Skriniar ahead of Ramos every single day. Like, right. I think Ramos scores more goals, but hey, not a PSG. Musical chairs all around Europe, Jules. Yeah. Hector Bellerin reportedly moving to Sporting. That's right. Means Pedro Porro could be free to join Spurs. Yeah. We've talked plenty about Porro, but do you think Bellerin has much left to give? <laughs> no. Now, I, I don't want to pick on him because like, no, 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 we're he's not a picking great on him. guy. He's lovely guy. He's 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 socially he's got he's socially involved. He's got he's got you yeah, know he's an ethical guy. Mind. Whatever. Yeah, yeah. Um, Great style as well. If you like that kind of style. But yeah, I'm not sure about the mustache doesn't do it for me. But whatever. Yeah, but but I, what's wrong? It's just I think the Barca move was the wrong move. It was the wrong move. Uh, not really sure. I could have told him why. That. I know, I know. But you could see why him being Catalan wanted to go and play there. Uh, from a Barca point of view, I, I, I don't know. But sporting, you play in Europe, you're in a competitive team, in a good league. Okay, not one of the top five, maybe not even six leagues, but, you know, just below. It's, you know, it's good and he will certainly play more, you would think, yeah. as a wing-back wing too, because they play with a back five. That maybe suits him more than just being a right-back in a back Because he's four. so good on the ball. Although, I'm not sure the Pedro Perro move to Spurs is... It's quite as nailed on as we no, think. No, exactly. So wow. we'll have to watch this one. It is a transfer window. Lots of things yeah. uh, changing very quickly. One thing is about being, he never struck me as somebody who's motivated by money. Not at all. No, no, that's true. That's Not at all. True. That's very true. Doesn't look good for Rafael Leao's contract renewal, Gab, at Milan. Reportedly, the two sides are still quite far apart in what they want. And there's still, obviously, the £16 million pounds, uh, money that needs to be paid in compensation to Sporting after he left for, for Lille like a few years ago. This is just such a mess, and it's complicating everything. Um, Milan's offer, I think, was around seven million uh, euros net, which you know is around about two hundred and fifty thousand pounds. It's big a week. for Serie A. There's not many players on more than that. No, um, he supposedly is after ten million net, which would be, which would put him in the three hundred grand a week, um, or even more than that uh, range. Uh, sorry, like three hundred fifty grand a week yeah. uh, range. Um, but then on top of that, now he needs his money because somebody's got to pay the 60 million. And again, as a reminder, I know we've talked about this before, Sporting Lisbon had a situation where the ultras came into the training ground. They were unhappy with the team. They beat everybody up or yeah. they beat up a bunch of players. As a result, many of them, you know, took this opportunity to cancel their contract, including Bastost, for example. Yeah, um, Rui Patricio. Uh, Rui Patricio and others. Um, now, Sporting have sued to try to recover that money. Uh, they have no choice but to sue the player. Uh, the court said they're entitled to $60 million. It's such a mess. Who gets it? Because Lille signed him on a free. So yeah. you said, well, Lille should pay. Lille even have a little bit of money now that certain people are gone. Yeah. And then Lille sold him to, 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 to Milan. Who pays this money? Uh, I know. What would make the most sense is, I think, if the clubs that he's been at say, all right, we're going to... Half and a half. Find a solution yeah, that yeah, way. Yeah. No. Uh, maybe they've done that, but it has to be predicated on him extending his deal. He can't have that uncertainty hanging over him. Um, oh, look, if, if Milan break with him, if they say it's too much, we've seen them do this in the past with Kessie, with, with Donnarumma, with Charlene Oglu, say, all right, mm-hmm. fine, offers off the table, which I don't think they're going to do for now. God, um, it would be a huge loss. 
Must. Then you assume you get into Paris Saint-Germain, Chelsea, City territory. Yeah, I think, of course, Because definitely. those are the clubs that would go for. Yeah, yeah. Alfred Schroeder has been sacked as yeah. Ajax manager with a team down to fourth Sorry, in the table. Alfred. Jules, other than the fact that he will undoubtedly be replaced by a bald man. Yeah. Uh, what else do we know? We know that Johnny Heitinger. Do you remember Johnny? The very uh, handsome the Johnny Heitinger. Took now, charge I haven't, of the team. I haven't seen Johnny Heitinger recently. I know he's a very handsome boy. Does he still have his hair? Yeah, he's still. Not, maybe I, not the style. I'm trying to think about the style that he had when he played. He looks. I mean, he looks older. He's older. He looks older. Right. He still looks handsome, to be fair. And they won. He took charge of the game against the Excelsior, no? They won, yeah, and and uh, played well. Mohamed Kudus was very good. Uh, I mean, with Schroeder, something was clearly not happening. They were fifth in the table, which is, I mean, a humiliation for them, even if the season is still a long way to go and it's very tight at the top between Feyenoord and, and uh, PSV, Ajax, I think 20 are the other team up there. Um, so probably the right time for a change. I don't know if Johnny Heitinger can get the job until the end of the season or if they're looking uh, for, for another, another bold, bold guy. Yeah. Maybe, maybe the problem is, get, maybe there's not have... many left, right? Peter Bosch, I guess, is you... free now. <laughs> you know, I mean... Let's not go there. Let's I not go there again. But you don't, you just that. don't know. Yeah. But maybe Heitinger should shave his head and, then, and scowl and get and, and scowl a lot. Maybe that yeah, would work. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And maybe a bit of a like a you know, stubble. <laughs> yeah, stubble. Good. Birmingham goalkeeper Neil Etheridge uh, says that he was racially abused by a Blackburn fan in the two-two FA Cup draw at the weekend. Gab. Um, Neil Etheridge, incidentally, uh, he's he's half Filipino, yeah. um, which is apparently what the the abuse had to do with. Um, look, we want people to say this is. Not allowed, not tolerable, not can't be tolerated. Yeah. He did the right thing. He reported it to the match official. Hopefully, Blackburn, Blackburn, I hope will take this seriously. They'll, they'll speak to. I don't know if he was able to identify the fan in real time, but there's other people um, who would have been around him who might have heard something. Yeah. Um, and hopefully, this can be dealt with. Nobody should be subjected Nobody to this. Should, for sure. After nearly seven years, Iñaki oh. Williams has missed a Liga start as he sat out their defeat away to Celta Vigo. Jules, is he getting lazy? No, Gavin. Is he becoming soft? No, unfortunately, he had a muscle strain uh, and could not play after 257, I think 7 or 51 maybe, uh, starts in a row, which is incredible when you think about it. Like you said, April 2016 was the last time he didn't start again for Athletic Bilbao in La Liga. Six years of not missing a single single game in the uh, league. In the league, yeah, in the league. Uh, it's an incredible record that we'll never. I mean, for an outfield player, let's let's yeah, make yeah, this yeah, goalkeepers, yeah. goalkeepers just yeah, stand yeah, around yeah. most of the game, so but they do nothing. <laughs> so, but but for an outfield player, and I mean a striker even, uh, it's great. So it would have been sad, yeah. and they lost as well at the weekend. So it's just not a good weekend yeah. for Inaki Williams and Athletic Club de Bilbao overall. Not just a striker, by the way, but he's not Dimitar Berbatov. He's yeah, not the striker no. who stands around and does a yeah, couple flicks. Yeah, yeah. He's a guy who just runs <laughs> sure. the whole game. And, and presses and defends. And like, yeah, he gives a lot to his, you know, every game. Loads of effort. So, incredible record, really, when you think about it. This was back on Thursday night, but Al Nasser lost to Al Itihad 3-1 in the Saudi Super Cup. Cristiano Ronaldo did not score. And his coach, Rudy Garcia, says that he will return to Europe before the end of his career. Anything to read into that, Gab? I don't think so, but with all the love in the world for Rudy, in the juxtaposition, so like Cristiano comes, yeah. he plays two games, yeah. he hasn't scored no. yet, um, you just lost, 
probably not the time to say, yeah, maybe he'll go back to Europe before he retires. Like, like the, I, I, you know, it's likely, um, I mean, he's getting older. He's going to come back as a 40-year-old. I don't know. But, like, why, like, pour lighter fluid on a potential fire that wasn't there before, right? Yeah. So, uh, no, I don't think there's much to read into it. I think Rudy might want to take that one back if he could. Wild game at the racecourse ground as non-league Wrexham, yeah. you may know them from a certain television show, come from behind and nearly beat Sheffield United only to concede an injury time equalizer. Jules, this was proper drama. It's it a pretty was. crappy refereeing too. Yeah, yeah, but it was amazing. To be fair, the atmosphere was great. This is a club that is completely uh, reviving. Yeah, the yeah. revival is incredible. Uh, Ryan Reynolds, of course, and... Your friend and Eagles, uh, Eagles fan as well, Rob McElhenney doing an amazing job as owners, and they were what two minutes away from doing another big upset and qualifying by beating Sheffield United, who are like I think seventy places above them in the in the you know in the pyramid of English football. If you want, incredible. They will have obviously the replay. I, at Sheffield, uh, but I think they made their fans really, really proud. With they other had chances really to win, they yeah. had chances to put it away. You I know, know, man. I know what a great game it was. Really well, well done to Wrexham, and let's hope that you know for the replay it can it can continue like that. According to reports, Cristiano Ronaldo, I remember him, has invited four of his close friends from Manchester United to visit him in Saudi Arabia or go on holidays with him. Uh, this summer. Gab, any of the names surprise you? Okay, so this particular newspaper cited four names. Yeah. Now, two of them do not surprise me. There's yeah. former teammates from Real Madrid, Rafael Varane yeah. and Casemiro. Very close friends, yeah. One of them is Bruno Fernandes, which according to reports, kind of maybe not in his wheelhouse. The other <laughs> one is Harry Maguire, which according to many reports... Uh, is one of the people who Cristiano did not rate very highly when he when he was there, but yeah. you know. But more than that, I imagine. Okay, first of all, with all due respect to Saudi Arabia, and I realize you probably have a contract with Visit Saudi. Like, is it appealing for any of these guys to go? Would you Would you rather go on vacation? To visit Cristiano at his house in Saudi well, and watch him they, play for Al Nasser? Would you rather go on holiday to Portugal? Yeah, I mean, I, I I say this in the nicest possible way for me it's pretty open and shut <laughs> secondly i mean i suppose mcguire would get into less trouble in saudi arabia than, than he did in, in cyprus but but secondly what must it be like to be on vacation with cristiano ronaldo well you have to get up at 6 30 every morning to go to the gym to start with <laughs> no but like i don't know it's the holidays maybe and you know they, they, I, I don't think i've ever friends. seen him on vacation with other footballers I, yeah. Not that he doesn't have friends, Maybe, I'm sure yeah, he has plenty yeah, yeah. of friends, but like he's normally so family and training focused. Yeah. It, it just seems it seems unlike him, which is why this story I'm not sure fully passes the smell. We'll test. have to wait and see until the summer, I guess. You know, absolutely. Or, or, we'll, see who, we'll see who we'll see who rocks up. Exactly. <laughs> <Turns> up. <laughs> All right, Joe, that brings us to an end. But we got to come back on Thursday because we've got transfer deadline oh, day. Yes. A lot of things could change between uh, uh, now and then. Plenty going on until that time. Uh, love the game. Love your neighbor. Love yourself.